Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Tom Dorian. Yes, sir. Tom, I'm so glad that you're here with me. Thanks for having me, Deacon Jeff. Um, you know, it's my pleasure. We're so formal today. Yeah, we're being formal, but uh, it's really, fun. Uh, really, we're gonna have we are we're gonna have some fun today. We always have fun, Deacon Jeff. We do have we do have fun, <laughs> but uh, you sound like a little school kid. It's like the Howdy Doody Show. Yeah, it is, um, and you're reading your cue cards well. <laughs> Um, you know, uh, no. Today we're going to have fun because we're going to take you way back. We're going to take me way back to the to to your your childhood. Well, actually, probably not your childhood, but uh, yeah. my childhood. Your childhood. My kid's childhood. Okay. We're going to talk about uh, Zacchaeus. Okay. The tax collector. Tree climber. Yeah. No. We we th- he has got this great little story, just a little tidbit here in uh, the Gospel of Luke, in the nineteenth chapter, at the beginning of the nineteenth chapter, and it's just it's. Just a neat little story about this little short guy who's a powerful tax collector, a chief tax collector in Jericho. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Starting at verse 1, it says, He came to Jericho, speaking of Jesus, of course, and mm-hmm. intended to pass through the town. Now a man there named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector and also a wealthy man, was seeking to see who Jesus was. But he could not see him because of the crowd, for he was short in stature. Don't laugh, Tom. <laughs> I'm sorry. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree in order to see Jesus, who was about to pass that way. When he reached the place, Jesus looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down quickly, for today I must stay at your house. And he came down quickly and received him with joy. When they all saw this, they began to grumble, saying, He is gone to stay at the house of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Behold, half of my possessions, Lord, I shall give to the poor. And if I have extorted anything from anyone, I shall repay it four times over. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a descendant of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save what was lost. So that comes to us from the Gospel according to Luke uh, in the 19th chapter. And uh, it's a neat story. And I'll be honest with you, Tom, when I hear that story, sometimes it's hard for me to kind of ponder it too much because... I think back to, I'm a father of nine, Mm -hmm. and uh, we used to, I shouldn't say we, but I learned from my wife, Mm -hmm. uh, these little cute little songs that you'd sing with the kids. You're going to sing it for us? I should. You should. I shouldn't sing. You know, we have like three million people listening. Nobody can. Nobody can see me crossing my fingers right now that you sing for us. Okay. All right. This I'm cute gonna, little song. I'm gonna, you you lay the you I've lay down the gauntlet. I've never heard this song until you sang it for me earlier. Okay. It goes like this. It's just a kid song. Now, you, you imagine I'm doing little hand signs. You don't need to qualify. Just sing I the do song. because people listening can't see my hands, and I'm doing like little little hand signs. I won't right? giggle too much. So it goes. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And when the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree and he said, Zacchaeus, you come right down for I'm going to your house today, for I'm going to your house today. You know, that melody, every time I hear this story, kind of haunts me. I'm sure it does. And now all of our listeners are being haunted by that melody right now. Oh, yeah, they are. I've given it to them. It's my gift to you. Thank you. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. And you have to hold your hands like, look, he was a wee little man. (laughs) 
You know, as a parent, when we would sing that song with the kids, mm-hmm. I mean, half the fun was being a mom and a dad and, and, and doing the little hand signs and watching the kids trying to do the hand signs, oh, yeah. right? And that's kind of neat. And then also, you always like let that last word of the refrain linger and the kid fills it in. A wee little man was... You know, and uh, and that's fun, too. Oh, yeah. And so sometimes that was the fun part of it. And it was always nice because we'd say, like, look, we're singing little Bible songs with the kids. We're being right. holy parents. And this is all great. But I think sometimes I missed the boat on, like, what we were actually teaching our child. Yeah. And really what we were teaching ourselves in this story. And so I never took this story as seriously as when I was sort of, like, pondering about this and thinking, what what is the deal? What's going on here? Mm-hmm. That I need to sort of, what is the Lord telling me in this Bible story? Why is it even in the Bible? Other than the fact that some wee little man, a little short guy, is going to climb a tree in, able, in, in order to be able to see Jesus. And while that may be comical in some aspects, the reality is there's some really profound and deep and even some challenging stuff going on here. Oh, absolutely. So that's what I thought we would talk about uh, in uh, in this show and talk about Zacchaeus and the challenge, I think, that comes here. And here's here's where it is. This is it comes down to this thing. Zacchaeus, I think the, the scriptures are not clear. They don't tell us why Zacchaeus was there. Mm-hmm. All it says was that he wanted to see Jesus. He was seeking to see who Jesus was. Now it doesn't say why, but we do have a few clues. One clue is that he's short, short in stature, mm-hmm. right? And so maybe he was made fun of. And he was bullied. a chief tax collector. And he was a chief tax collector. Also, he was not liked. No, not at all. He was hated, despised. Oh, even, big time. Right? And he was a wealthy man. And yeah. also, just so we know, Jericho was a very wealthy town. It was it was known throughout the region for uh, its uh, beautiful palm trees, mm-hmm. lush uh, forestry. Uh, the, the dates, the Romans used to take the dates and they were shipped worldwide. You know, they were, hmm. they were very, very prominent. And then uh, also they had these beautiful rose gardens. And it was said that if you walked near Jericho, you would be able to smell, you know, a day before you got there, the fragrance of Jericho. And so there wow. was just, there was this wealth in this city. Mm-hmm. And so here's the chief tax collector, not just a it's tax collector, a, right. And so here's a rich, powerful little man, mm-hmm. probably had a lot to prove. Probably worked his entire life mm-hmm. to get people's respect. And never could get it. Probably never could get it, yeah. but probably convinced himself that he had it. So he's up in the tree just to... to yeah, but, but before that... To hide, though. No, before that, though, he's he wanted to see this Jesus. Right. And so I think that Zacchaeus was somebody who had an emptiness. With all of that... Good point. With all that power, with all that wealth, without all, with all that money... I imagine that he had, if they had big screen TVs, he had a big one. And he had the full complement of cable channels, all the premium channels, yeah. you know, NFL Sunday ticket. He had everything. <laughs> he, he, he had all the food he could eat, probably had uh, people in a big household who uh, catered to his every desire and need. And also he was able to boss people around. He probably, and it even gives us a little hint that maybe he's extorted a little money. Yeah. Right? And so you start to realize this guy's got a lot of sin in his life. And I think he knew that. And that's why I think he was seeking Jesus. I think he was like, I need some peace. I have no peace. I really think that. And, and so that caused him. Now, once the chaos teaches us and what's so important, I think about this and really what's so compelling and even so challenging about this, the story is that 
Zacchaeus realized it wasn't enough merely to to be drawn to Jesus, to, to seek Jesus. It wasn't merely enough to have a desire to have that hole filled. He actually had to do something. He had to act on what he wanted. Exactly. He had to act on. He had to climb a tree. Yeah. He climbed a tree. Now, think about this for a second. Okay, we got the wee little man, right? The, the, the little guy. Mm-hmm. You know, God makes people in all shapes and sizes, right? And, and, and we shouldn't be ashamed of who we are. And yet, sometimes people bully and make fun of people. But here's a little guy who probably struggled for respect all his life, was probably bullied as a little guy, as a young guy. And he's an adult here. And he's an adult here. And so he and he's is... climbing a tree. Well, first of all, he's behind people. He can't yeah. see because all the other people were taller than him. So you can see him hopping around trying to... Right. If you were in the front looking out, what, what would Jesus see? Like people's shoulders and like this little head kind of pop up every <laughs> once in a while, right? And so he wasn't able. He was, his, his view of Jesus was obscured. Mm-hmm. He had a great draw to see. He wanted to see Jesus. And so what does he do? He climbs a tree. He runs ahead, climbs a tree. And then now think about this for a second. Here's this guy. He makes this effort, which is that's good. He made an effort. He climbed a tree. But he was vulnerable. He was out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, now he's up in front of everybody, and I guarantee people are laughing at him and pointing. Oh, yeah. You are such a clown. Look at you climbing that yeah. tree. Yeah, there's their opportunity to make fun of the guy that they really can't stand. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? And so then he climbs that tree. And so the the beauty of it, and I think the wisdom of this, and the thing that, that is important for us to understand is not only was, was Zacchaeus drawn to Jesus mm-hmm. and seek him, he climbed a tree. He made an effort. And as a benefit of that, as a result of that, he got this unobstructed, straight-on, clear, personal view of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Right? There was, there was no veil before him. There were no people, no obstacles, no trees, bushes, tall folks. He was able to see Jesus and see nothing but Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and that changed his life. And the end of the story is... And I'm, I'm going to your house today. I'm going to stay at your house, Zacchaeus. And today salvation has come to your house. You know, for the, for the Lord has come to seek, right, what was, and save what was lost. Mm-hmm. And Zacchaeus was lost. Jesus tells us he was lost, but now he has been found. Yep. And the finding comes really because Zacchaeus put himself out there. Right? He climbed he that chance. tree. And you think about that. So if you stop and think, what is this supposed to mean to me, Right. What, what am I supposed to do this? You start thinking about the times in your life where, you know, you just you don't want to, you're not going to climb a tree. That's what we're supposed to do, though. Well, Tom, I'm 54 years old, yeah. you know? Figuratively, of course. No, no, I'm really 54 years old. Right. Well, I mean, climbing a tree <laughs> figuratively. Well, I'll say it this way. I'd uh, like to see you climb a when tree. I, was I heard a, you sing a song today. When I, was a, when I was a young man, I could climb trees. I could climb pretty much anything, hop over anything, jump over anything. And I know you were a, a spry little spring chicken when oh, you were yeah. on that football field, right? Heck, yeah. You were out there. You were moving. You would, you know, dig your feet in. Dig it your, doesn't happen whatever. anymore, does it? Well, now when you bend over, oh Lord, there's it's like this prayer that just kind of comes out of you. You call out the Lord's name, and trust me, folks, it's not in vain when we say that when we're trying to get out oh, of the no. chair. No, oh Lord, it He's really like, is help for me, help. Help me get out of this chair. And you know, climbing a tree is not easy. Now, I imagine Zacchaeus no. was in that boat and getting down. Oh my gosh! You know, but what was cool was he got up in that tree and he got this unobstructed view. Yeah. And that's just so powerful. And what it means is, you know, that effort, it paid off. And it's not like works righteousness. It's not we're working our way to righteousness. But it's like it's showing that effort. Mm-hmm. It's, it's demonstrating the fact that we want something to change in our life. I ask people all the time. They say, I want, I want there to be change. I was like, well, what have you done differently? Nothing. Still sitting here. Yeah, I'm still sitting here waiting for the change to come on in. That's not going to happen. Right? Change doesn't visit. 
we got to go and get it. And so it's just that's that's I think a lesson. And we got so much more to talk about with Zacchaeus uh, and what it teaches us. And and I think that there's some profound lessons to be learned here. And really, we'll start laying down some challenges to folks. I think. Uh, about what we can do about climbing trees and what that means to us when we come back. Before we do that, I want to remind folks at home, we've got a great website, Deacon Jeff. I'm sorry, it's thecatholiccafe.com, there right? There you go. But then I want you to send me an email. Climb the tree and send an email. Yeah, so it's it's not easy to send an email. No. you got to sit down at the computer. You do. and you, you got to think it all out. Pop your knuckles and all that you stuff. you got to remember this. That's right. So go to Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Send me an email, Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Love to hear from you. Uh, and you know what? We're going to hear from our my lovely wife, Bess. I was going to say our wife, Bess. It's just mine. <laughs> and she's going to tell us about proto-martyrs. Yeah. She's going to tell us about uh, proto-martyrs. And, uh, and then when we come back, we hope you're there, too. See you in a minute. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. It is the understatement of the millennia to say that the very early church proved to be difficult and trying times for believers in the Lord Jesus. Not only were they considered outcast by the Jews of their day, but Rome had obviously set her sights on the fledgling church as well. In fact, even while many of the original twelve apostles were still alive, countless Christians were being martyred by the Roman authorities for their newfound faith in Christ and His church. One of the worst enemies of the early church was Emperor Nero. The year 64 AD proved to be the height of his persecutions of Christians. This is a year that Rome burned, and two-thirds of the Eternal City lay in ruins. It is said that Nero might have set the fires intentionally so that he could rebuild the city as he saw fit, or that he simply wanted to create a reason to gain support from the Roman citizens for his persecution of the church. But regardless of why the fires were started, Nero needed a scapegoat, and he blamed the early Christians. He soon began a bloody rampage of persecution, torture, and death, the likes of which had never been seen in Rome. Many non-Christian ancient historians have documented the unusually gruesome deaths that were perpetrated on these early faithful. Many were crucified, many dressed in animal skins and thrown to wild beasts for entertainment and tradition tells us that some were even used as human torches to light the streets of Rome. Regardless of the means of death, the Church fondly remembers each of these first martyrs. Called the proto-martyrs of Rome, their steadfast love of Christ, even in the face of a cruel death, would stand as a shining example for Christians for nearly 2,000 years. While Nero's goal was to supplant the Christian movement and stifle the growth of the Church, His actions ended up backfiring. The proto-martyrs showed that they were ready and willing to share in the suffering, death, and ultimate resurrection of Jesus. This served only to inspire and motivate the persecuted Christians. In fact, the more the church was persecuted, the more it grew. No one knows the exact number of martyrs who paid the ultimate price for their faith at this time in history, but their gift of witness has made a lasting impact on the people of God. The Catholic Church has dedicated a site in Vatican City in their honor, the Piazza of the Proto-Martyrs. Their feast day, celebrated by the Church Universal, is June 30th. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in Church history.
Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I am Deacon Jeff. Yes, you are. That was Deacon Chip. That was Deacon, Deacon Chip. Jeff. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a tall dude. A very tall, world's he's the tallest exact Deacon. Opposite of Zacchaeus. Yeah, he's like six nine. Yeah, he would be like the tree that. Excuse me, he would be like the tree that Zacchaeus climbed. He's you know that tall. what? Speaking of that, I want to talk about. I want to tell you something. It's really cool. This whole concept of having this this unobstructed view. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of the time that I, w- I was in Rome. Bess and I were in Rome. Uh, we went to. Um, uh, it was her birthday. Mm-hmm. It was uh, the beatification of Mother Teresa. It was the uh, 25th anniversary of John Paul II's pontificate. And uh, we got our daughter baptized. It was just like a, a whirlwind kind of wow. cool trip. And so we found ourselves there at one of at, at his papal audience. And so we were in the right place at the right time because the Pope Mobile was getting ready to come around the corner. All right. And we were right up against the rail. Uh, there was like some chairs there where we were sitting previously, but there were some chairs there, and then this this wooden barricade rails that that were out there. And Bess and I were lined up perfectly to see the Pope, and he was coming around the corner and was heading right towards us. I'm getting so excited, I'm getting ready to see the Pope, mm-hmm. and then like right before he gets there, these uh, like three. It seemed like 20 maybe, but it was like three or four Italian nuns that couldn't have been taller than like three and a half feet start climbing up onto the barricade, climbing up onto the chairs, and climbing up onto me and getting in the way of me of seeing the, of, of John Paul II. Oh, wow. And, and it made me think, too. At the time, I wasn't really happy with it because it was like, I'm thinking, I paid this money to come all the way over here on this airplane or whatever, and these little Italian nuns, you know, and I've got these bruises now that, that show <laughs> that... And, and, uh, and I, but I did forgive them. And it was literally just like last weekend as I was thinking about this. But <laughs> I did forgive them uh, because I, I realized... You didn't forgive him last week. Yeah, I'm just saying that I've held on to this for a okay. long time. That's a problem gotcha. I have. But that's 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 neither here nor there. But the neither point is, show on that. What but I realize is they they were drawn to see the Holy Father. They were right, the Vicar of Christ on Earth, and to to have like just to to to, to gain a, an unobstructed view. <laughs> and as I think about this, it's just I'm like so in the Zacchaeus story, I was the tree. <laughs> you know, in this situation in Rome, I was the tree, yeah. and the little. You know, three foot nuns were climbing on top of me to be able to see the Pope. Sure. And uh, so, if you're listening to this, uh, sister, whatever your name is, mm-hmm. uh, you Angelina. know, I didn't appreciate it then, but I but I understand it now. And it's important for us to have that view in life sometimes. And we and but we have to show an effort uh, to do it. And so, I guess Zacchaeus taught us it's not enough just simply to be drawn, but we actually do. do something about it. We've act. got to climb a tree. Right. You know, and the reality is that's not easy. If you stop and think about the world we live in, do you do that a lot? I do it too much. You think so? Yes. Yeah, I do too. We all do. And, it's overwhelming. But, it, but we're, well, and, and the thing is. Especially as, when you're a dad. As I was pondering, like, the world we live in, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about this from, a, from the Zacchaeus point of view of this climbing a tree, I realized something, that our world is filled with ideology. Oh, yeah. Right? We're, we're filled with words. Yep. We, we we know that there's a, a racial divide and we know it's bad, mm-hmm. right? We we know that poverty is bad. We, we know do. that gun violence and domestic violence, violence against women, against children, we know that's bad, mm-hmm. right? We know that religious persecution is bad. We know that, uh, you know, uh, violation of human freedom and human dignity is bad. We know that the assault on the sanctity of human life itself, we know that that's all bad, and so what do we do about it? The thing is, our tendency, right? Our tendency is to think, to discuss, 
you know, maybe to argue, debate, whatever, and then we ultimately choose sides, and then we'd start having warring ideologies. But in that, there's not a lot done. Good point. And so I wonder, like, well, are we are we climbing trees? Are we just like being drawn to something? Are we are we saying, yeah, we need somebody need to do something about that thing? Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to get done. Mm-mm. If I'm sitting there in my house and. Bess walks through, and the kids are sitting there. We're all watching TV because she's always working, and we're all watching TV. seems like that. And she says, somebody needs to clean the kitchen and walks through. Now, what are the odds that one of the kids is going to go, that, that would be me. Let me stand up. Father, may I throw myself in the grenade? May I go for the benefit of all? Keep your seat, Dad. I'll take care of it. But the point is. Or even worse, keep our, your seat, kids. Our tendency I'll is not to do anything. We talk about things. And then someone, I'm not blaming my wife best, but sometimes you've got to be a little more specific about what is it you want accomplished and who do you want to accomplish it. Right. Right. And as I think about the world's isms, all the problems that we, that we're, that we encounter every day in the world, I, I realize that sometimes I'm walking through, say, someone needs to do something about poverty. Yeah. Someone needs to do something about gun violence. Someone needs to do something about, you know, uh, human trafficking. And it's like, what am I doing? Yeah. At one point in time, of I climbing that tree? And so I think the lessons that KS teaches us is climb we need to climb tree. trees. Yeah. And so now I think in our, our show. Stop since, doing like all the other folks, pointing and making fun and laughing. Right. Get out and do something. So now we've, we've given words to this. We've given ideology to this. Beautiful. Right? So now we need to actually do something. What are we going to do? What are we telling people to do? Go to well, confession. I love you because you first thing out of your mouth every time is go to confession. Well, we've you're, talked about how every right, show can start with yeah, that. It could start with go to confession. Just go to confession. Because you stop and think about it. Uh, and I always use this example because I don't want to judge other people and say, you, you look like a sinner, sir. You know, <laughs> I don't do that. And the reason why I don't do that is because that man looks like me. Well, yeah. you have to have a mirror in front of your face. Well, right? I do. We walk around with mirrors and I need to realize whatever I'm saying, I'm saying to myself. But I always tell people that I was away from that particular sacrament for 20 years. I, I went. The last time I went was at right before confirmation. I got confirmed. Didn't darken the door for at least 20 years. I think it was like 34, 35 years old when I went back to confession. And i got to be honest with you. I'll share this with you. I climbed a, a huge tree mm-hmm. to be able to get in that confessional, to sit in front of that priest, and to come up with 20 years' worth of material that I didn't have to invent. It was all there, but I really had to, it's like I was busy filtering and, you know, alphabetizing and prioritizing. <laughs> and the reality is I had so much to do, but that's a lot of, that's a lot of tree. Oh yeah. But I climbed it. And, and the beauty is when I got there, what did I see? The saw Lord. saw the face of Christ. I saw the face of Christ in that sacrament and it changed me. That mm-hmm. going back to confession changed me. It transformed me. Jesus did that. I saw, you know, at the top of the tree, the higher you climb, that's where view. His, that's and the better the view, and that's where his mercy is. That's true. And Jesus says, "I came to uh, to seek and to save the lost." Mm-hmm. Right, and that's where he finds us at the top of that tree because we've we've climbed. Lord, we we hunger for you, but it's not enough just to merely hunger. You got to go to confession. Yep. Right. Think about the number of people that we're talking to. You know, in our audience, and when we're talking to Relevant Radio and EWTN and Ave Maria, Guadalupe Radio Network, we love all of you people. And the people that listen, you probably go to Mass every Sunday. Oh, yeah. But I'm willing to bet you that you've got somebody in your family that is reluctant, that just doesn't really want to. Maybe they're not. Mm -hmm. And maybe even you are not. Maybe you're thinking, why do I have to go every Sunday? 
And the reality is we need to realize that just going to Mass is climbing a tree. It is. It is making an effort. Mass doesn't come to our house. Wouldn't it be nice if, like, ding dong, oh, hello, Father, come in. <laughs> you know, uh, it's just... And while you're here, could you vacuum first to prepare for your arrival? Then, okay, good. Now, could you do the mass for me? Right. And I really don't want to get out of my chair. So would you bring me Holy Communion? Oh, wow. You know, wouldn't that be nice? But that's not the way it works. No. Now, I understand some people are in a situation where they need that. Oh, yeah. And what a beautiful gift that we have that we'd be able to visit and take communion to the sick, et cetera. Right. But the reality is for the majority of us, we can, we can get up, we can walk, we can get in the car, we can get to mass. Sure. But, Tom, you've got a family. i got a family. Sometimes, Sometimes it's hard. <laughs> Getting you got to do it. Getting out of the getting out of the house sometimes, especially when you're on vacation or soccer yeah. tournaments or basketball or volleyball. Yeah, tournaments think about that for a second. Um, you know, vacations. how many people do we run into that are, the kids are in the competitive sports? Yeah, and those that's hard. Those events, you know, you travel out of town. We're going to Lexington, Kentucky. The next week we're going to Nashville, Tennessee. The next week we're going to go all the way to, and we travel with the whole family, and it's fun, and the, 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 they play a couple of games in a tournament or whatever, yeah. and then you all go out to Steak and Shake or you go to Buffalo Wild Wings or whatever, and not a lot of church going. No. Now, I know that there are some people. I talked to one guy, a buddy of ours, Jonathan Lyons. He's right. a good man of God. He is a good man. And he was telling me about, he's like, I'm the dad that is the, the square that says, while we're at Steak and Shake, I went to Mass this morning. Yeah. And they're looking at me like, I got two heads. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, the reality is, it's people give into those challenges, and they, they end up doing nothing. Yeah. They stay on the ground. They don't mm-hmm. climb the tree. Yeah. Jonathan climbs the tree. And he, to me, that's, that's like he's a, he's a guy that's he's climbing that tree to become a saint. It's good. And it's hard. It's hard to do that. But there are lots of events that we have, uh, you know, just the kids that aren't in RCI, I'm sorry, aren't in uh, Catholic schools yeah. going PRE. to PRE. Or RCIA, just or to, both. Just to get your kids to PRE, make sure that happens. Mm-hmm. Not only does it show that you love them, that you care about the faith, that you want them to be raised in the faith and they want to be taught the faith, because they're not getting at their secular school, obviously. Mm-hmm. Well, just to get them there, to make that happen, because it's usually at the church, like ours, it's on Sunday mornings. Some people do it like Wednesday nights, whatever. But the point is, it's an extra trip. It's an extra thing. It's climbing a tree to get your kids there. Mm-hmm. Well, so anyway, what are you going to do? Are we going to climb a tree or not climb a tree? We're going to climb a tree. we got to climb a tree. we got to ask ourselves, if we want change, we want to change the world, we've got to ask ourselves, when's the last time I climbed a tree to see Jesus? Amen. Amen. Let's ask our blessed mother to be with us in this journey of climbing a tree. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God pray, pray for, for us sinners, now and at the hour, hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com where you can find out more information about the Catholic Cafe, listen online, download MP3s, or subscribe to our podcast. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta, Federal Association, and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from the Most Reverend Martin D. Holly, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. 
Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.